honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, cast iron skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop, cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Dripping black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with mead. My guest is Jay Martin, co-owner of Flora de Mel, a meadery and full-service restaurant located in Rossville, Georgia, just over the state line of Tennessee from downtown Chattanooga. Jay is a proponent of urban beekeeping, and this business sprang out of he and his business partner and wife, Stephanie's beekeeping. And in this show, Jay will answer the question of what is a demijohn. In Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio series, he features the last surviving Blue Circle restaurant in Bristol, Tennessee. Thank you so much for tuning in today by podcast or broadcast. I really appreciate your good company. Back in the fall, I traveled to Chattanooga to meet chairmaker Tyler Rogers, and he told me about this place. Tyler is a very talented woodworker, and he made the wooden taps for this meadery. Right now, let's visit with Jay Martin and hear about mead. This is a meadery, right? And restaurant? Correct, yeah. Both a full-service restaurant, and we've got over 20 meads available, many from the southeast and then other parts of the of the country that some of our favorite meads and some new meads uh, and then we have nine of our meads that will be coming out very soon. So for those of us who don't know the world of mead, what is mead? Sure, so we'll start with the name of our brand which is Flora de Mel or Flower of Honey. 
right? So mead is alcohol made from honey. And for it to be mead, at least 50% of the fermentable sugars uh, come from honey. From there, we add literally anything under the sun to get different flavors um, and then use different processes as far as barrel aging or carbonating or, you know, there are several other things you can do uh, to, to create different types of mead. Uh, and similar to wine, you know, each type of mead has uh, different names, right? So, um, for instance, a mead made with grapes is called a piment. Uh, mead made with hot peppers is a capsimal and you know there are all these different names so you know probably 20 or 30 different types of mead that are common practice you know um, mead made with berries uh, it's called a melamol or uh, mead with with spices would be a methaglin how different the meads can be you know from dry to you know bone dry to, to semi-sweet and then all the way to a, a sweeter uh, mead um, and yeah, they're they're just wildly different. So, and and every meadery makes different tasting stuff. So we found you know that it's important for us to have other meaderies represented uh, here, and so that people know we're not the only people doing this. It's it's really a uh, trending um, subject. It's going across the country, and there are a lot of meaderies that have been around for ten plus years that are doing really well, and, and then some other newer ones, you know, popping up all around us, um, oh, uh, which yeah, <laughs> I could, I could keep going, but I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. Yeah. All, all different types. And so, yeah, we, we've started, um, learning about this, uh, 2019 and you know as we were tra trying to figure out a way to really support the honeybees. Okay, I just interviewed a friend of yours, Tyler Rogers, who makes chairs, and he made these lovely bar stools we're sitting on, mm -hmm. and the taps on your mead taps, these yes. neat wooden things, and you all let him have creative license, which is so neat. He told me that he got to knowing you all because you're beekeepers. Right. Take it from there, from beekeeping to to making me sure sure so that's that's really how this whole thing started is you know us realizing uh, you know honeybees were endangered and that we need them they're vital for human existence right and that 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 kind of hit home with, with stephanie and i back probably 2015 or so um and so we started doing lots of research and had never seen a beehive before, bought some bees, uh, started figuring that out, and then, you know, a couple of years into it, we really said, okay, how can we do this better, or how can we promote awareness of honeybees to the fullest extent that we can, and that was when we found me, we said, this is it, you know, so that's, that's how we got here. A lot of people are so busy, and they love the honeybees, but maybe they're not going to keep bees. Sure, sure. Well, you know, one of the great thing, assets that we have here, in most places, there's a bee club. Um, so the local one here is the Tennessee Valley Beekeepers Association. Uh, a wealth of knowledge and information, wonderful people. I think it's $10 a year to be a member. So uh, it's more so about showing up to the meetings and getting that information and that community of people where you can, you know, we've been to other beekeepers' yards and gotten to tour and check bees with them. 
learn that way as sort of a mentor. They have a formalized mentor program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, you know, the, getting the education is, is easy. Um, having bees in your own backyard is also, you know, as much time as you want to put into that, right? So there are some years that we've been able to put in more time than others, and we've our bees have been more successful overwintering those years, you know, and um, we've been able to grow our apiary more during that time. So it's like anything else. But if you if you're just interested, you know, one or two hives, um, it, don't be afraid to to just buy the hives, buy, you know, and, and there's a great store here in Rossville, uh, Forrester's Apiary, and he sells chicken stuff too. Like home, home, yeah, you got a Derek Forrester. But um, yeah, I'd say just don't be afraid. And space-wise, you don't need, I mean, we had a posted stamp lot, or still do, in Highland Park, and had like eight hives in the back of the yard one year with two of our toddlers running around like, they don't bother you. They don't bother the dog, you know. Yeah. Um, and you don't need much space because they're going elsewhere. They they can fly <laughs> a long way. It turns out. <laughs> they can. Yeah, I think it's like a, a nine mile radius, which is a, an impressive area if you do that math. So there, you know, our bees down here flying to look out and you know all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing I think is interesting when, when people just think about bees in general, about them being in the country or needing to be out on this big space. Like urban beekeeping is um, becoming more and more of a, of a thing, you know, where bigger cities are having them on rooftops and this, you know, local honey, as everybody knows, is, is super beneficial for you. But, you know, urban beekeeping, if you think about the amount of flowering plants that are in neighborhoods and in our downtowns, there are plentiful. And if you think about many countrysides, unfortunately, we have these monocrops that don't provide a lot of pollination mm-hmm. choices, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and or times of year, you know, they may need pollinating, but uh, just a specific time of year. And so the rest of the time, there's no food. It's kind of counterintuitive to thinking that bees need to be farmed out elsewhere, you know. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and today we are setting the table with mead, an alcoholic beverage made with honey. Our guest is Jay Martin, beekeeper and co-owner of Flora de Mel, a meadery and full-service restaurant located in Rossville, Georgia. That's just over the state line of Tennessee from downtown Chattanooga. Jay is a proponent of urban beekeeping, and his business sprang out of he and his business partner and wife Stephanie's beekeeping. In the second part of this interview, if you may not know, Jay will let us know what a demijohn is and a lot more about mead. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part by Blue Stem Hollow, a sustainable farm and event space for weddings, family reunions, and company picnics located in Greenback, Tennessee. Blue Stem Hollow offers catering, pasture-raised beef, eggs, charcuterie, and sustainably raised fruits and vegetables. Blue Stem Hollow is now in full swing of their CSA sign-up for full and half shares delivered weekly or bi-weekly. 
These fruits and vegetables are sustainably raised right on the farm, and each week's CSA box includes an email on what's in the box, along with a video from Chef Robert Allen, formerly of Citico, with seasonal cooking tips for what's in the box. They also offer weekly add-ons such as honey, desserts, eggs, charcuterie, and pasture-raised beef. Weekly delivery locations include Greenback, Maryville, and Knoxville. More information for the CSA, bluestemhollow.com or by email, brenna at bluestemhollow.com. The term demijohn, will you tell us what that is? Sure, sure. So we have uh, six uh, ferment, smaller fermenting vessels for our experimental batches. These are teardrop-shaped glass uh, fermenters called demijohns. They're traditional Italian winemaking vessels. Traditionally, we're in a wicker basket. Ours came in a plastic basket that looked like wicker, so we didn't use that. <laughs> but we have these beautiful glass uh, vats to look at behind the bar, and you can see them bubbling away. We've, this is our second round of six different experimental flavors. Um, to give you some examples, uh, you know, we've got green tea and ginger. Um, we've got a masala chai tea that was made in-house. Um, this one on the far right is a smoked pineapple and jalapeno pepper. So we put a lot of creativity and effort into, uh, you know, everything from sourcing the ingredients to what we then do with them. Um, and, and, you know, most of them are great. Uh, in two and a half years of doing this, we have certainly made our fair share of mistakes and learning experiences, but, uh, yeah, we've been pleased with, with uh, just about everything we turn out, and they're all different, you know, so um, basically we'll use this. We have tasting panel and special tasting events that we'll, we'll do about every other month to where we'll, you know, be, have a... A tasting event and invite people to come to you know have the first taste of these experimental batches and be able to uh, buy bottles before anyone else can and they're limited amount of bottles you know each each one of these uh, Demi John's produces about 70 bottles of meat and that's that's it you know from there that's it the next batch we make will um, yeah be different so really excited about these demijohns. You were telling me that your wife Stephanie is over your experimental flavors and tastes of the meat? Yeah, yeah, just recipe development in general. So um, her being a ceramic artist by trade, really, um, you know, she got really into mixing her own glazes and that sort of recipe development for the, to get the right, you know, colors and textures through firing and so, that sort of uh, experience has translated really well to, and her interest in cooking in the kitchen as well, but um, to developing these, you know, experimental recipes. And we also get great feedback from our wonderful uh, bartenders and staff, management staff, and um, yeah, and just, you know, we're, we're learning something new every day. 
Yeah, you know, some of the crowd favorites that we've had and made for a long time, we've really dialed in the oolong mead, which is just traditional mead made with honey, and then we add a oolong tea or a black tea. We get our tea uh, directly from India. It's organic, the only organic farm, tea farm in India. Um, so that, that was important. Um, so most of our ingredients we try to source locally. If not, if we, uh, if there's a particular ingredient that we can't get locally, like pineapples or tea or whatever, then we we, we try to we go through a, a pretty extensive effort to try to source those sustainably and um, you know make sure that they're organic if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, how about your honey that you use? Do you use just a whole bunch of honey? We do. We use a whole bunch of honey. <laughs> um, so, you know, depending on the alcohol content uh, is really, you know, where you start with, with the amount of honey. Um, we ferment to uh, about 15 to these last ones finished at 17.5% ABV, right? Uh, so pretty strong stuff. We'll, we'll, um, we can then ameliorate and drop the ABV down for our kegged products that we'll have carbonated and on da- on tap that'll be about six percent, right? Mm-hmm. But um, in either case, uh, we're starting out with about twenty to twenty-five percent honey. So in these demijohns, that's like thirty-five pounds of honey, or about three gallons. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mercy. That's a lot of work from a lot of little bees. That's right. So do you use honey that's local from around the area? or We do. Uh, the, the primary source right now is Blue Ridge Honey Company. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, East Tennessee in Lakemont, Georgia. Uh-huh. They run about 2,000 to 2,500 hives uh, every year. So it's Lord. a pretty big operation. Yeah. That is big. Yeah, yeah. So we've been there, met met the owner and uh, Bob Benny's his name, really awesome guy. Great YouTube channel if you're interested in beekeeping. Yes. Uh, Bob has a fantastic uh, educational YouTube. There are many others as well. You know, we also use honey from our hives, and that's sort of this. That's what got us here, and that's still um, very much in, in part of our plan is to grow the apiary side of the business you know as the years progress so we'll this coming spring we'll be adding more hives uh, to an apiary here close close to the the restaurant here Uh, not on site but close by you've got a restaurant in residence here yeah well can can i tell you how we got to there first is that okay yeah so i I think that's just interesting to note that you know we were set on being a meadery and realized that you know a, a few minutes out of town of chattanooga and being uh, a new business force that we had never done before we realized that hey it might be tough to get people to come here we've got to have some food right so how do you do that when you don't know anything about food so we, we found we partnered with calliope which is the name of the restaurant and kitchen and residence. It's run by a guy named Khaled Abana. He is from Jordan and has been here for the last 15 years or so. Went to UTC. Um, He's been an executive chef for multiple five-star restaurants in town. 
um, and always had to cook their menu. And so this is really his first uh, place where he's been able to create and curate his own menus. And I tell you, I'm blown away every time I try something new. Uh, and we eat here a lot. <laughs> so, uh, the, yeah, the ingredients are all fresh, come from locally, sources from Crabtree Farms and Sequatchie Cove, and he could tell you the rest, but um, it's uh, southern Levantine, so it's eastern Mediterranean, or where he's from in Jordan. Um, my favorite thing to get is what's called the meza, so that's chef's pick of five small plates and it can feed three to four people and you will be stuffed so you get a lot of people love to get you know a flight or two of mead which you can try you know all these different wild flavors and then maybe you get one that you like you get a glass of or get another flight and try some more and then you get the meza and the plates just kind of keep coming out and rotating as you're you know and, and our, our staff can help pairings if you're you know interested in what goes well with what or you can figure it out on your own and go from there so it's uh it's been such a, a pleasure to work with Glyphe and the the level expertise team has is uh it's really awesome you are listening to the tennessee farm table and today we are setting the table with mead an alcoholic beverage made with honey our guest has been Jay Martin. He is a beekeeper and co-owner of Flora de Mel, a meadery and full-service restaurant in Rossville, Georgia. That's just over the state line of Tennessee from downtown Chattanooga. Jay and his business partner and wife, Stephanie, are proponents of urban beekeeping, and this business sprang out of their love for bees and helping the honeybee and their beekeeping. Find them easily online and social media, and they spell the name of this business, Flora de Mel, F-L-O-R-A-D-E-L-M-E-L. I've also placed a link to Flora de Mel, pictures of Jay and the wall of demijohns full of fermenting mead that Jay referenced, and the podcast for this show at TennesseeFarmTable.com. And a note, Flora de Mel does not advertise on this show. Up next is Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio Series. He features the last surviving Blue Circle Restaurant in Bristol, Tennessee. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sossman. Ninety years ago, in 1931, Homer Longmire opened the first Blue Circle restaurant in Knoxville, Tennessee. Now there is only one left on the Bluff City Highway in Bristol, Tennessee. At one time there was 32 of these. Mark and Debbie Sour Beer took over the Bristol Blue Circle in 2019, serving the small square circle burgers the small southeastern chain had become known for. They're just a very small burger with mustard pickle onion. That's the way they come, and then we have them with cheese as well. So, you know, people just love them. We'll cook three dozen at a time on the grill, and we season them with pepper and salt, and then we put the mustard pickle and onion on it as it's cooking, and then, you know, we flip them, and then 
we put the bun on it as it's cooking, so it incorporates the flavor. Once we keep them, then right before we serve them, we steam them. The Blue Circle is a community gathering spot. We get a lot of firemen, police officers, EMS workers, you know, city workers, all kinds of people in the community. In the middle of the Great Depression, Homer Longmire's advertising slogan was a happy place for hungry people. It's still an accurate description of that last surviving blue circle. So you, at any time you may sit at our bar and have a multi-millionaire on one side sitting beside a blue collar worker just talking. You know? Yeah, We're, it's like a know. place for everybody. For Potluck Radio at the Blue Circle on the Bluff City Highway next to the Putt-Putt Course in Bristol, Tennessee, I'm Fred Saussman. This is Jay Martin with Florida Mel, located in Rossville, Georgia, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.